Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, everybody. It is a gorgeous Labor Day. Labor Day, I always have to go, okay, M for May, Memorial, okay, May, Labor Day. Labor Day in September, yep. Labor Day, Monday uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. I will be your host for the Falcons podcast. My name is Scott Kennedy. I am in Atlanta. Over there on this side is Nick Kendall. He is in Seattle. So we're coast to coast and get up all kinds of early for your uh, Falcons podcast. At least he does. Um, I, I tend to sleep in on a Labor Day weekend just a little bit, a little bit, you know, 730 or so, sleeping in when you get old. So, Nick, how's your weekend been going, my friend? And are you ready for football week? Yeah, definitely ready. I've been enjoying college football uh, this week. I went out and uh, climbed a pretty serious mountain on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, my Hawkeyes are 1-0, so feeling well excited about that. And all the uh, young college quarterbacks as well. Very exciting week for uh, the NCAA, man. There's a lot of good quarterback talent that I'm excited to see this upcoming year. Good. It's it's You know, I always say it's cyclical. Mm-hmm. And um it's hard because baseball is eaten into so many of the arms uh, for passers. You've heard me talk about that. I don't get in, into it a whole lot. But, you know, when you're talking about 15, 15 uh, pitchers on a major league staff, there's 450 pitching arms right now. There's your 90, to, and everybody's throwing 92 plus. You know, there's your mm-hmm. big arm guys. It's, I think it's been harder to find quarterbacks. But as the athlete has gravitated back towards a quarterback position, and now the passing is starting to catch up. It's becoming, it's been becoming fun, fun to watch. It's uh, can be a little frustrating sometimes. You know, everybody says people get excited about you know these, ba- the back and forth of Colorado, TCU, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a competitive game, but man, ninety point football just doesn't do it for me, man. I just, uh, I'd rather watch basketball if I want to see a, a score on every possession than than mm-hmm. football where it's just like oh, you know, especially with Gus Johnson doing. I'm like Gus. I love you, man, but you're about to blow a fuse. Oh, what a play. Oh, what a play. Oh, what a play. I'm like, yeah, it's not that special anymore, man. Yeah, as a Big Ten. My lawn. I know, I know. As a Big Ten West fan, I can agree to that. Um, if it's, you know, 13 to 10, then there's nothing better than that. You know, it needs it to be frost on the field and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it was a, a pretty good week of college football, and it's not over yet. We got uh, Duke Clemson tonight, and Duke has a pretty damn good quarterback as well. So it should be a fun one. I'm excited about uh, this upcoming college season. And that means, you know, week one, college football had the stage, but it's NFL week now. Uh, we, I guess we still have one more college game, but it's NFL week now. It's it's still NFL week. Yeah, for, yeah. for sure. I consider for NFL week ends on a Monday night. It ends on Monday night football. And then the week starts on a Tuesday. That's kind of how my, but when there is no Monday night football for NFL, it's, it's, it's game week for sure. Let's say hello to some folks that have gotten in here nice and early. Michael Ranquillo coming in. Says good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. To you as well, Michael, Mark Lindemood. Howdy, Scott and Michael. Because uh, he meant Michael because Michael was here already and, and Nick wasn't. But I'm sure he meant Nick as well. Uh, Zach Powers, good morning. Allen said, good morning, gentlemen. Keith Robbins checking in on Facebook overall. And here comes Big Ant already. Good morning, Scott and Nick, as well as everyone in the chat. That's all, y'all. Uh, Steve Kennedy, I recognize this guy. Says, happy Labor Day, gentlemen. To you as well. 
Uh, Brad Clark says, what a beautiful day. Rise up. So ready for NFL football this weekend. So excited. Yeah, when you get up in the morning here and it's in the mid-60s, um, one, don't be fooled. We got 90s coming. But uh, it, it does feel a little crisper, a little crisper here. And Jason B., we got ourselves a Knowles fan. I watched, I watched some of the third quarter of that game when it was 17-14 coming out of half and then, and then Florida State just ran away with it. Uh, looks yeah. like you know they're they're headed in the right direction after wandering around in the wilderness for a while. Yeah, I was really really impressed with uh, Keon Coleman, uh, wide receiver transfer from Michigan State. He had three touchdowns in that game, and he's you know six four two fifteen, and he had some yak plays. The above the rim ability. Uh, this is going to be a pretty darn special wide receiver class. And uh, on the positive side, I've talked a little negative too. What the hell is? LSU doing with Harold Perkins uh, last season. He was one of the top two pass rushers, maybe the best pass rusher in football as a true freshman. Now they have him playing more coverage snaps than rushing the passer, moving him to that stack linebacker spot. I mean, you're neutralizing your best guy and the most valuable part of your defense. I just, I, I don't, I know he's a little small, but like the tape don't lie. He can get after it. I don't, I don't care if, if what, if you're getting production, I don't care what your measurables are. You know, it, it, I just, I just don't care. Um, you know, and, and a pass rusher is worth three X money wise to, uh, you know, to an, an inside linebacker type. So, yeah, uh, a little a little strange on there. Um, Big Ant says FSU defensive line was really good. I yelled at the screen when they threw that. I, like I said, I watched the third quarter. I yelled at the screen when they threw that personal foul for a late hit on Jared Verse. Uh, and um, look, look, Nick looks like he has frozen up on me. So I'll handle this one here for just a moment. Um where they threw a late hit on Jared Verse where the guy was still inbounds fighting. I yelled at the screen. He runs off. Mike Norvell's yelling at him. And then they picked up the flag. I'm like, thank you. He was still inbounds and he was still fighting. Or, you know, you couldn't tell. That certainly wasn't a a, uh, a late hit of sorts, uh, an unnecessary roughness. So uh, some of the things we want to get into today um, on the Falcons podcast, I want to talk some of the X factors on both sides of the ball. You know, who's one of those players that you're going to have to count on to you're not really sure about? that could have a big impact on this on, on either side of the ball. Uh, comeback players. I, th- I got a candidate on uh, both sides. Again, both sides of the ball. Then I want to talk about some of um, some of the, the ESPN went through strengths, weaknesses. We've been through all that a lot. If you're new and you're just, you're just catching up, you want to ask those questions, fine. Otherwise, I do want to get into some of the unit rankings from ESPN and, and react to those. Uh, quarterback, running back, tight end, offensive line, wide receiver. Uh, defensive line, interior edge, linebacker, cornerback safety. They rank the Falcons and all those, and I, I want to get into that a little bit. And then on Wednesday, we'll we'll preview the Carolina Panthers game. So that that's kind of the schedule as we get going. So first off, I want to talk about the X factors. Who are the X factors for the Atlanta Falcons? I I think this one's pretty easy on offense. It's you you know what you're going to get for the most part at every position except quarterback. So that one's that one's really easy. What's your X factor for the Atlanta Falcons on the offensive side of the ball? It's it's Desmond Ritter. And Desmond Ritter might not be a wild variable. You know, I think he's got his ceiling might not be, you know, uh Jared Allen, but it might not be a floor of Zach Wilson either. Uh I think he we've seen enough to know that he's going to take care of the ball a little better. He's going to manage the offense. He's going to get the ball to his playmakers of which there are plenty. But 
We don't know that for sure. He might be able to spread the ball all over the place and push the field, push the ball downfield more, throw for 30 plus touchdowns. I'm not expecting that. What I'm hoping to see is just like a three to one touchdown to turnover ratio. As we get into X factors, we've started on offense. And if Nick Nick didn't hear me uh, as he's coming back in, he could probably guess. Your biggest X factor on offense is a gimme. That one's an easy one, Nick. Uh, the biggest X factor, that could mean multiple things. Uh, to like me, the guy who... for an X factor means <clears throat> you're not sure quite what you're going to get could have the biggest impact on the outcome of your, your offense. Again, I think there's two of here that could really fall into that. X factor as far as the biggest uh, game to game, you know, guy that's going to be a massive output person, but you're still not sure what you're going to get is Bijan Robinson, uh, because everything's going to run through him. And I mean, you're still, he's a rookie running back. There's no guarantees as much as the running back is translatable for every Christian McCaffrey top, you know, running back pick, you get a London Fournette or a, uh, oh God, Trent Richardson, right? I'm not saying Bijan's going to be that uh, from the little bit we saw that I think is very translatable ability. Uh, out there, but uh, he's an X factor as well. And then Desmond Ritter is a complete X factor right. and unknown for this team too. So I think you can go either way. I'm going to guess you went with Desmond Ritter. I went uh, with Desmond just... Ritter because, because I I think your, your running back depth is good enough that if Bajan Robinson has struggles, your offense can still be good. Mm-hmm. If Desmond Ritter struggles, you're, you're in trouble. You know, if you're, yeah. if he's playing poorly, you're coming in with Taylor Heineke, which could be okay. Again, and that's the X factor. The quarterback position is much more of an X factor to me than the running back position because you've got talent at running back. If I got to give the ball to Tyler Algier 20 times a game. I'm going to be all right on offense. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, you'll have a, obviously a little bit of a drop-off in dynamism uh, for that team, you know, just getting the ball to playmakers' hands. And I think, well, Algier is fine. He's not a player that the defenses have to respect where it completely changes the structure of your defense. Now the run game, you could argue there, but I don't know about the entire uh, offensive system. So I could see either way, but the Desmond Ritter, yeah, com- so far, how, just how good can he be? I think he's going to be competent out there, but there, there comes a point where competent isn't enough. And we're not there right. yet. Obviously we need to see that he can be competent over multiple games when teams kind of figure out who he is and what he struggles with and what he likes to do. Uh, but excited to see what he can be. He's a massive X, X factor and the biggest X factor on this team, not only this season, but you know, the next two, three seasons. Now let me give you on defense. What would be that, that player on defense for you? The biggest X factor on defense. I've well, got you know, lots of I'm candidates a... here. Lots, you yeah. know, cause there's, there's so many more unknowns. There's so many more new faces, but who's the biggest one that the, the, the variance could be very wide on, on here that could have a, an impact for this. Somebody with high variance that could have a huge impact. I hate to go with the position. My, my first thought is Arnold Nebuchadnezzar, but I feel like the variance isn't as high for him as Troy Anderson uh, at the second level. The athlete, the ability for him to be a pass rusher as well. I mean, they went after Caden Ellis showing that I think that they want to be aggressive with their linebackers. Then you get an athletic freak in uh, Troy Anderson who played you know, running back, quarterback, linebacker at Montana State. I think he is a massive X factor for this upcoming season because the variance is going to be, I think, pretty large. Uh, the, the possible outcomes are big for him as well, especially because he plays linebacker. I mean, the the instincts, the run fitting, all that stuff is still a question uh, long term for him. And that makes him a huge X factor on the defense. Yeah. And for me, I went again. We've Keith Robinson, uh, Anderson, which is one you said you mentioned two guys. And then Roger Cook comes in. Richie Grant <clears throat> safety. I, I actually thought Jesse Bates. 
Um, I, I just think his upside mm-hmm. is so high that if he if he reaches those levels, if he reaches those levels, I think could truly impact as a game changer this defense. And I start looking around the others. I mean, Caden Ellis could be that guy. If he's able to get the sack ratio that he was last year, um, you know, Calais Campbell, how much is he going to play? You know, you're, you've got so much more help around Grady Jarrett. Could his game jump up to another level? But for me, again, there's a lot of good uh, answers here because there is so much new on the defensive side of the ball. But I want Jesse Bates on, on this one just because – and you might say, well, his floor is really low. Well, you know, these are the Atlanta Falcons we're talking. I mean, really high. His floor is really, really high. high. Um, I saw the look on your face like, what? His floor is really high. But these are the Atlanta Falcons we're talking about. And we've seen, we've had our expectations blown up uh, a lot and our hopes let down. So I'm, I'm going to go with him just thinking that, you know, this could be a perennial Pro Bowl player for the next six, seven years. Um, and if he's not, I think that's going to have a pretty detrimental impact on this on this team, Nick. And it looks like Nick has frozen back up again. So we'll go on and move on to the next one. Um, the next one I, I had that I wanted to get to was bounce back players. Um, who are your bounce back players for last for for from last year to this coming year? And for me, my bounce back is. On offense, it's Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts had about 400 yards or so. Um, he has about 400 yards or so last year, coming off a 1,000-yard season. I think that Kyle Pitts is, is due for a, a big breakout type of year. Um, so for me, the bounce-back player is, is really your only – who else could it be on offense? I can't even think of really any other type of – type of uh, a candidate for a bounce back player on offense other than Kyle Pitts for, for the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense for me. Um, he's the one, you know, coming off injury and everything like that, that as well. So he's the one I'm watching. I'm going to flip over here to my phone, Scott, because my Wi-Fi is just not doing it for me right now. So okay. well, I will gonna, be right back. I'll pop you out. And then uh, once you, once you give me a thumbs up when you're ready to come back in, um, Taquan Graham on defense, that's a good shout. Um, he was playing at a high level. He just missed it. I'm, I'm thinking production. So a comeback player. I'm thinking of a bounce back who didn't necessarily have a good year, but is capable of having a great year. Uh, so for me, Big Ants, the next one, instead of like a comeback player of the year, somebody coming back from an injury, it's a little different for me uh, in what I'm thinking. And I know Kyle Pitts got hurt, but he wasn't playing that well when he did when he, when he was out there, um, I mean, you know, relatively speaking. Um, but the next answer for me on defensive side of the ball would be A.J. Terrell. And we should be able to hear you okay, Nick. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, the I could, had the task manager up so I could see that. It wasn't the CPU or whatever, just the internet kept uh, bouncing to the bottom. So I don't know what's going on. I'll have to run up there and uh, speed it up. Can you hear me? Yeah, come a little closer. Okay, all right. Don't yeah, have come my a little, down here. Come, come a little closer. Um uh, and then, uh, <clears throat> so for me on defense, Michael Lewitsky took mine on the defensive side of the ball. I think A.J. Terrell is capable of a bounce back year. Yeah. And honestly, you know, some of the metrics went against him, Nick, but I didn't think he had that bad a year. You know, the I think it was the first game of the season. He gave up two touchdown passes on perfect throws, you know, where he has perfect position and the receiver just makes a play and that goes against you. I'm like, 
all right, what more was AJ Terrell going to do that, do on that play? Uh, that I thought AJ had a, a, a decent season, but some of the metrics didn't back that up, where he was poor, according to some metrics last year. And I think he's a lot better than poor. Yeah, I mean, they did change the, a little bit of the defense, too. I know they kept the same uh, defense coordinator, but he didn't have as much of that, you know, cover two looks with A.J. Terrell last year. I think they asked him to do a little bit more. And uh, cornerbacks, a very fickle position as well. You see a lot of volatility week by week, uh, year by year. So A.J. Terrell is a really good shout-out as well for the uh, the bounce-back season. It's just, I think the bounce-back really sets itself up to be more so Kyle Pitts, given the injuries he had and the expectation. I mean, no matter what, you're always going to be comparing him against the guys that went after him. Now that he's, you know, year three as a tight end, uh, the fact that you traded, you gave away trades uh, to take him as well. You had options to move down where you could have gotten a haul. He needs to be uh, one that steps up. So that's where my mind goes immediately for them. Uh, just the bounce back for Kyle Pitts coming off that injury. Taking a look at the Falcons' schedule, um, the, 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 a, lot of the, a lot of the prognosticators are picking the New Orleans Saints as the team that's going to be the team to beat in the NFC South. And it's, it's, it's a small variable here. Um, you know, again, you're like, how close is it? The, I think the, the betting odds are the Falcons have a 50% chance to make the playoffs and a 33% chance um, to, to win the division. One of the reasons why is the, the the Saints are considered to have the easiest schedule in the NFL, followed up by the Falcons. And the, maybe the reason why the Saints are considered easier the Falcons is because the Saints play the Falcons twice, and the Saints are considered to be a little bit better. So we will see on that one. Uh, one of the things that struck me as a little a little uh, that caught my attention talking about the the NFC South was when ESPN projected the lowest points scored against. So who's going to have the, the best scoring defense, the team that they came up with for the, uh, that had the second best was a Saints. So this, they say the saints are going to have the second best scoring defense in the NFL. That one caught me by surprise to a, uh, to a certain extent, Bobby Carter for his, um, for his players, he comes up with, with Scotty Miller and, and we'll see. I don't think Scotty Miller's got quite the upside, but Jeff Okuda, as a bounce back player. Now, here's my question on Jeff Okuda. What's he bouncing back from? He's never been there. So Kyle Pitts has a, an, a, a pro bowl to his name, a thousand yard season as a rookie. And then he dips down into about 400 yards into a subpar season. He's bouncing back to a level that we know he can get. Jeff Okuda is bouncing back to draft night. That's probably the highlight of his NFL career, to be honest with you. I mean, bouncing back to the, caliber of prospect we all thought he was and could be i mean going three overall talking about high draft picks i guess he's one but i got i would put him more in the the dark horse candidate right because he's one that people have forgotten about uh, especially playing defense for that lions team so i don't know if he'd qualify as a bounce back i think my my mind goes to obviously uh the guys that we talked about here maybe maybe you could say bud dupree as well as another potential bounce back because he's dealt with some injuries and he's had some really that's high seasons. Uh, so maybe he could be a possible bounce back uh, for this team, you know, back to the level that he was before the injury started to zap him. Uh, so that's another one that I think deserves a, a that's shout a out. That's a great call. And I think he's being, you talk about sleepers. I think that's a great call on, um, on Bud Dupree because, you know, I was like everybody, well, he's, they're getting the Tennessee Titans version. Well, that's what they paid for. You know, mm -hmm. they're, the Falcons are thinking they're getting the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, they're not. They they paid him like he's coming off of the seasons he is at Tennessee. And 
that's an improvement over what the Falcons have had in depth. So if they get anything more in him, I think that works. That's uh, that's just gravy. Um, the Falcons are 24th in power rankings. Um, they're 26th overall on offense, despite having the 15th highest scoring offense last year. And, you know, one of the big things on the unit rankings, quarterback, you can probably guess this one, Nick, if I asked you, hey, guess, what's uh, what's the what's the quarterback rankings out of 32 teams for the Atlanta Falcons? 31 or 32. They probably have them. 32. Yep. They, Dead last. They think, that, they think that the Falcons quarterback position is the weakest in the entire NFL. Um, and, and it might be. Okay. I don't, I don't really have any problem. I mean, I, I really don't. I, I could, I could argue it and say, okay, this is a little ridiculous. You got guys who haven't done taking a snap in the NFL coming in. Um, but again, you've got, if you're doing a ranking, what I have a problem is like saying when these guys are saying, okay, you have a question mark here and he's, we, we, but we've already answered it. He stinks. Well, we don't know for sure that he stinks. I think I was encouraged by what I saw the last four games of the season last year, running back ranking, the running back room is number two. I didn't look to see who was number one is number two. Uh, the wide receiver room. This one might strike you. Uh, this one might surprise you a little bit, Nick. What's the the wide receiver room uh, ranked in uh, in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons? Hmm. Are we including Kyle Pitts in that room? Is that did we? That's they the did big, not. They did not. I'd probably put him about. 19th. There's a hint for you. <laughs> about about like nineteen. I can tell to they did not based on the wide receiver rankings and the tight end rankings. Yeah, probably about nineteen to twenty-three. Uh, Drake London. 32 again. Wow. Yeah. And okay. again, I don't care. Uh, and it, it, Drake London's really, really good. Yes. You know, and I know this is ESPN and they're not talking PFF, but Drake London finished as a top 10 wide receiver last year. If I've got a top 10 wide receiver, my wide receiver room is not last in the NFL. No. If I've got a top 15, even a top 20 wide receiver. I would think my wide receiver room is not last in the NFL, especially one that's coming from year one to year two. Yeah. I mean, again, now I, does this, he's being stained by the wide receiver room is weak. Cause of course that's separate, man. That's, that's the, you can't do that. That's not the exercise. Yeah. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about who, how's the depth of the wide receiver. Um, that said, they've got tight end at six which now I'm going to take Kyle Pitts out of it. How many snaps did Kyle Pitts take at wide receiver percentage wise last year, Nick? And it was almost the same as first year versus versus hand in the dirt tight end. So you're including in big slot. Is that why it's a receiver? Yeah. Slots okay. considered a wide receiver. They call it slight, you know, a slot receiver and a wide receiver are fairly synonymous. I'll go with he played 50% uh, in X or slot. It was closer to 75 Wow. Okay. It was like 71 and 73 okay. over the last, over his first two seasons was either in the, in the slot, which was the most, most of them. Mm -hmm. And then out wide, it was, he played as many snaps in an X or Z out wide as he did as an inline tight end. Inline. Wow. I mean, it was, it was very similar. Good so luck again, when they try to tag him. <laughs> if I'm now let's include, if I'm going back and say, here's my wide receiver room, where I'm taking 75% of my snaps with my wide receivers being Drake London and Kyle Pitts, is my wide receiver room really a 32 with Matt Collins coming off a 700-yard season, which was a career high for him? 
I think it's underselling the overall guys. Of course, it's not 32. And I think it's underselling what Matt Collins can be specifically in this type of offense. I mean, if you're talking about a high volume passing attack, then maybe Matt Collins isn't what you want. But for a team that's looking to create explosives more so with the pass game and have that big physical threat with Matt Collins, I mean, he's a very, very good uh, option for the offense. So no way. I, I think if I'm including uh, Kyle Pitts, they're probably – 15 ish right now, just because you still have two questions about them. I'd probably put them middle of the pack, M- massive upside, but questions yeah. still. There's some really good wide receiver rooms without well, I mean, Pitts. And John 19, Smith 20. is a pretty good tight end. I mean, yeah. it, it's just average. I would consider him like a neutral war guy. Yep. You know, that if I had, as John O. Smith, a wins against replacement would be fairly even. He was 500 yards and eight touchdowns his last season in Tennessee with Arthur Smith. That'll work, that'll play. Yeah. Um, out of my tight end position because, again, 75% of the time, Kyle Pitts isn't lining up at tight end. I want to say hello to some folks real quick. Um, we've got about five to ten minutes left here before we get out of here. Um, Victor showing back up. He says, hey, guys, long absence here because he was moving to Italy. Uh, Victor was running the Brazilian Falcons podcast, which was cool, and he was moving to Italy, which is very cool. Uh, he says he's been watching, excited for the season. We'll appreciate you being here as well. Um Lyric's mom says, hey, Scott, how are you? I'm finally glad I caught you live. And we're glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for, uh, thanks for, for being up here. Um, let me see. I wanted to say hello to some other folks. Keith McCants has a question. Good morning, Keith. Is it realistic the Falcons defense will be ranked in the top 10 this year? I'm bullish on those guys. Um, scoring, I think, would be much, cl- much more possible than uh, total yards because you're going to give up. We saw them bend but don't break. We saw a lot of that. And if they control the ball, the possessions will be limited for the opposition, Nick. Uh, baby steps. Uh, the Falcons defense has been pretty damn horrific, especially in the defensive line and pass rush department. So a jump to the top 10, while not impossible, I would say is rather Im- improbable. Also, I mean, just how many, you know, absolute, no doubt, blue chip kind of guys do you have on the defense? So I like the depth. I like a lot of the pieces that you have, but like guys who like, not forget the pro bowl. Cause that's, you know, a popularity contest at this point, but all pros. I mean, how many of these guys actually could qualify for all pros? I think you have an argument for Grady Jerry, but there's a lot of very good defensive tackles right now. I think he's more in the pro bowl category than all pro AJ Terrell, probably more so in the pro bowl than the all pro and Jesse Bates. I think he's closer to the all pro uh, candidate than the other two are just because probably the competition there, but all that to, to me says probably not a team that I'd be betting on the top 10 of defense. Uh, maybe again, like you said, points, cause they're going to have less possessions per game to go mm-hmm. against, but the, you know, yards per play points per play points per possession, probably not as much of an indicative of a top 10 defense, but more so if anything, in, I mean, hell anything in the top 15 top 20 is a market improvement to where you've been. Yeah. From scoring. I think the Falcons were 15th last year on offense. I think they have a chance to jump, which is just a field goal more that would have mm-hmm. put them in the top 10 in scoring offense. I think that's realistic. Um, getting up into the teens at, on defense, I think is realistic. And if that happens, this is a this playoff team. This is a playoff team that can make some noise. And you um, know me, I really like the EPA per play, the yard, the points per possession, because you have a much better denominator there. Like you right, have some that teams that more about the, the defense, the defensive talent and their effectiveness rather than the, how they're playing within the context of a game. Yep. Like, and well, it's like, give up 17 points. Well, they only had three possessions. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so there's some teams by the end of the year, they have like literally 
600, 700 more snaps. They've played almost an entire other game. So if you look at the volume, uh, it's not always the most indicative of who they are. Professor Orange and Blue says, if I remember correctly, I think you said Kyle Pitts was 72% in the slot and X uh, on a Bronco podcast. That was Greg Dulcich, and I had just looked up Kyle Pitts at the same time because I consider these guys big receivers. You know, it doesn't matter what – I put this actually in the chat of a different podcast uh, that I was I was watching. When you throw the ball to a player, his title becomes intended receiver. It doesn't become running back. It's not running back. It's not slot. It's not wide receiver. It's not tight end. It's intended receiver. Kyle Pitts and Greg Dulcich, for those of y'all don't know who he is, he's a he's a Kyle Pitts light. That's what they drafted him for in the third round. He's a lighter side tight end. Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. You know who he is. Yeah. But those guys are receivers. They're don't call them wide receiver. Don't call them slot. They're intended receivers. That's their position. Um, defensive side of the ball. And I think one of the reasons why the Falcons fans are optimistic about this team is we mentioned eight for the offensive line. I think that actually could be a little low. I, I think the offensive line could be in the in the fives range, but you know what? That, that's close enough. Interior defensive line for the Atlanta Falcons is now ranked, Nick. Give me a number. Ninth. Third. Wow. Third. <laughs> That's amazing. God, what a difference. So if you're talking about reasons to be optimistic for the Atlanta Falcons, they think your receiver core is a 32. It ain't. Uh, they think your quarterback's a 32. Probably ain't. And But they do think your defensive line is a three. Okay, it, it might not be either. That might be a little high. But the fact is, you're talking a legit team on both sides of the trenches now the bad news is nick is at edge where do they rank the pass rushing pass rushing guys 30th 30th right on the nose boom and i think that's fair you yeah. got more depth um which should help across the course of four quarters but your edge rushers have been non-productive since i don't even know when 2016 you know vic beasley I, I honestly, I don't remember the last time the Falcons had a guy out there on the edge that I felt could go out there. I, I felt confident in going in and make a play. Uh, yeah, like we mentioned, a big X factor being Evacetti or even Bud Dupree, you know, guys who could make a big difference. The edge position, I've said on every single one of these shows, I mean, the spot that this Falcons team could really use a true, bona fide, no doubt difference makers, that edge spot. Uh, a, because of the value of the position, but also B, just where the roster is set up right now. So I think 30th is a fair ranking. And Honestly, I'm curious what the the variability can be for them this season. I don't think there's I don't think there's much of a chance they can be better than average based on what we've seen so far from them. Anything like if you can get to average there with the interior defensive line strength, that would be a massive Wonderful. difference. A average yes. for this Falcons at pass rush would be doubling production at least. At least you go yeah. from 21 to 40 stacks being average on on the pass rush would be a spectacular leap just being average i know well average is a bad one no 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 average is a nice word when you've been statistically and probably awful uh yeah. it's i mean they don't have as many sacks in the last three years combined as the same as the eagles had last year that's that's unbelievable on yeah, both sides really i mean it takes two to tango for that stat to happen talk about a denominator stat there but uh yeah that's a big one also you're not spending average money or resources right. at edge either. So if you can get average, that's, you know, your ROI is pretty good there and still long-term questions at that spot. So 
That might be the biggest question. You're set up to where you want to – the Falcons would love to dump a first-round draft pick or $15 million into an edge and get that production. Would love it. they do it in a heartbeat. Just hasn't worked out that way yet. In the Mm -hmm. three years that um, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have been in charge, it it hasn't quite worked out. Uh, Linebacker group, 26. I think that's actually a little low. Um, Considering Caden Ellis coming in, he's to a certain extent he's unproven and Troy Anderson's unproven too. I don't really have a problem with that. Cornerback room, 28. Again, kind of like the wide receiver room. I think if you've got A.J. Terrell as one of your guys, it's hard mm-hmm. to really be a bottom five cornerback room. Yeah, I probably would have had them about 18 uh, right now just because A.J. Terrell went from a top you know, five cornerback two years ago to a top 12, top 15, last top 18 last year. So that would be a big uh, difference there. And you still have questions in the other spot, but that's a one that has – wide range of outcomes this season. And if the defensive tackles, you know, are good, the edge rushers can be good. Then the pass rush or excuse me, the coverage guys can be a little better. So I think, what was it? 28. That's not great. I'd probably have them closer to about 22, 18 range. So slightly below average, but not 28. And then the safety room. Give me a, give me a guess on this. Jesse Bates, Richie Grant is your starters. Man, Jesse Bates makes such a difference for me. So I'm going to put them at about probably 13 to 14. And that's where I would have had them. They had them at nine. Wow. Okay. You know, I I don't, you know, Jesse Bates is a huge upgrade, but I, I don't trust Richie Grant yet. I, no. I don't, and I don't think Richie Grant right now is even an average starter in the NFL through his first two years. Now, mm-hmm. can he make that leap? If he makes that leap and becomes average, and let's say he becomes 32 out of, you know, 64, 64 starters, <laughs> then that's average. And then you've got a top 10 guy in, uh, in, Jesse Bates possibly, then then we're talking possibly you know top ten, but top five I think maybe. That, I, I think mean, that's a little high for me right now. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Hellman uh, Hellman's can do as well in that rotation. I mean, he might push Grant, or you might be working in more. If, you have, if cornerback is 28, maybe you're playing more dime and you're figuring out a way to get three safeties out there. So I could definitely see nine. And we got Keith and Ellen Johnson coming in saying Hellman is a big surprise. He's been awesome. I mean, could, you might even argue he was the MVP of preseason. Yeah, uh, for your Marco Helms is is has a, he's coming for Richie Grant's job, and having that depth and that competition is wonderful. You know, if, yep. if Richie Grant isn't cutting it, guess what? Marco Helms is coming for you. Yeah. Um. Everybody stay healthy. May the best man win. That's yep. that's all. That's all we're asking for out of that position group. On that note, as Michael says, appreciate you, Michael. Says everyone have a fun and relaxing Labor Day. We are going to hop out of here real quick. We'll be back on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time, and we'll go for the full hour plus on Wednesday as we get ready for what we'll look more into the Carolina Panthers and previewing the next game, the first game. um, And moving forward, the Monday after that, we'll start reflecting back on the Sunday's action. So it's our last Monday podcast without Falcons football game to, uh, to review. I'm looking forward to getting there and watching some football and talking about what we saw instead of all this prognostication, Nick. Yeah, prognostication is fun, but it's also nice to analyze new data here and, you know. And then prognosticate. Yeah, we'll prognosticate based (laughs) on the new data and, you know, overreact to the small sample size. But uh, should be a good one. I'm excited for this Falcons team this year. It's been a good offseason for them as well. I mean, when we first started doing these uh, Falcons shows, Scott, we're like, it's going to be a little bit of a slow burn, slow rebuild because they have to get out of this cap hell. But uh, Arthur Smith seems like the guy. The infrastructure they built on offense seems like a style that should work really well with where defenses are at in today's NFL. And uh, it's going to be a fun season. So excited to see what this Falcons team can do. 
and uh, hopefully get my wife my wife high rate uh, by the time uh, we are back Wednesday. Heck, by the time the next show starts. Keith <laughs> asks, how do I get more badges on my Facebook profile in the chat? More stars, more stars. And then you get that top contributor badge. That's a big one. Uh, I'm not sure what the heart one is that Keith and Alan Johnson have. What's that one say? Uh, the badge they've got is a top fan. So they're probably liking and sharing all kinds of stuff. Uh, Keith's in here all the time. So um, pick one. You, I, I feel like, Keith, you come in on, on both channels, on, on Atlanta Falcons fans on, and Scott Kennedy Sports sometimes. So grab one and, uh, and, and, and share and like and all that kind of stuff. That's the best way to get those badges from Facebook because it's the best way to help the show. Um, mm -hmm. and, and help support us. So yes, everybody have a fantastic Labor Day. And uh, Dominic says, get that Broncos banner off the wall. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to him about that. No, he, uh, Nick's Nick's good about that. He, he, he just focus on the face and not the background. He's he's pretty pretty good about this stuff. Or I wouldn't do it with him. Y'all know that. Um, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back Wednesday morning. We're gonna hop over to Broncos for breakfast right now on Mile High Huddle on YouTube. If you want to continue the conversation. Come on over, follow us over there, and we will uh, we'll, we'll be over there in just a moment to talk for to talk some Broncos football, and then we'll be back on Wednesday. If not, go out and you'll have a fun, safe Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the extended holiday. If you've got kids, they're off in Fulton County Tuesday and Wednesday, also. So it's a nice long week for us. Y'all have a great day. Appreciate you being here, and we'll see you next time. Peace.